Thanks a lot, uh, Mahan, uh, and welcome to another episode of FinTech uh, Friday podcast. Uh, mm. So we have a very young guest today. I think we have had people who spent maybe 20, 30 plus years, uh, and now we're on the other side, somebody who is uh, as fresh as you can get. And, you know, that's really the reason why I wanted to uh, speak to you, Mahan, and uh, understand how you and people like you see the world. that's so new and that's changing so fast but before we get there maybe uh, a brief introduction from your side uh, you know as to you know where do you come from what do you what do you do what part of fintech do you like and and how did you get involved in uh, i believe you're quite uh, sort of uh, involved in blockchain and have your own mm-hmm. podcast on uh, or a blog on that so right tell us tell our listeners a little bit about your story first Sure, sure. Thank you so much for having me, Sanjay. And uh, like I said to you even yesterday when you invited me, that uh, uh, compared to your other guests, I yeah. think I'm the least distinguished. But you know, I'm I'm quite happy to be here. So, a brief background about myself is I'm a fourth-year law student at Symbiosis Law School in Pune, and uh, ever since 2017, actually, I 2017 was the first time I got exposure to Bitcoin. and uh, that at that time i was just uh, sort of exploring and re- like just briefly reading you know what blockchain is how does it work and i just put like a small sum i'd borrowed from my mother into bitcoin and uh, then actually at the start of this year uh, my interest uh, grew further and further and then when i started reading deeper into the uh, entire blockchain and crypto world i realized that you know it's a really firstly it's very expansive and broad it's a very disruptive technology it's evolving at a very exponentially fast rate on a daily basis and that's something that piqued my interest and the fact that like you know you see the entire world sort of uh, as compared to the start of the year to now the trajectory has changed from uh, like you know healthy skepticism to adoption so it's just exciting to witness this space and um the part i play in this i would say is from more of a uh, legal regulatory perspective trying to just understand you know how would how do the laws around the space work because at the i like to say that like it uh, at the end of the day it's the law and regulations that will either enable a technology to flourish or flounder so that's a brief about myself yeah that's that's, that's quite amazing so 2017 2000 to 2021 so that's four years which is pretty much all that uh, is the relevant history of uh, this new world i guess so you are perfectly at the right time and probably ahead of most people who who just starting off now maybe so <laughs> so you are you are definitely distinguished so we'll we'll get to the bitcoin and um, you know the regulatory aspects i think uh, that will be interesting to talk about but before we get there just want to understand your views about the financial uh, system as as you see so maybe first very basic questions maybe just to mm-hmm. understand where you come from so one have you ever uh, been to a bank branch oh uh, yeah i have been to a bank branch but uh, i mean i have not had to go there for my own personal dealing ever i have gone there with my parents and they've had to deposit a check and the this is like quite a long time ago but i've been to a bank branch but for my since my own bank account has opened i have not had the need to visit my own branch 
interesting yeah mm-hmm. and have you ever signed a check yeah of course of course you have okay yeah all right there is there's at least something that is carrying on from from the older world i guess uh, so yeah i mean the, the reason i was asking some of these questions mm-hmm. is you know i was just thinking that in some sense we think that this is a big change mm-hmm. that's going on in terms of uh, blockchain based money or you know borderless money and so on and so forth mm-hmm. uh, but in some sense there has always been changes in every generation so you know while i was just driving to get here and mm-hmm. i was just thinking about uh, our generation for example used credit cards debit cards first credit cards then debit cards very very easily and then maybe atms before that and i remember my parents probably never had a debit card or a credit card and they would have thought uh, that uh, you know atm is quite a new thing and something interesting a machine that spews out uh, mm-hmm. money right hard right. cash so like you uh, at this age i got my debit card exactly out of out of college uh, after my mba my very first job and that would have looked very different to the generation before and mm-hmm. so would have been you know the concept of uh, let's say we are so used to mobile money Mm-hmm. and again that looks very different for clearly the generation uh, before us and it's mobile bank money still or a mobile wallet based money but mm-hmm. 15 years back or 20 years back that would have been that would have been very different and turn the clock back maybe even 30 40 50 years back there would have been a telegram or some yeah. telegram based wire transfer right and that would have looked very different because people would have sort of like you know how do you actually wire the money <laughs> correct like electric like electricity or something like that yeah and uh, and before that you know before the paper currency came mm-hmm. people would have thought that oh but we are used to you know giving gold coin or whatever it is and yeah how is it that you are suddenly bringing like a you know wallet and some uh, some paper and suddenly that becomes uh, money so i think in some sense every generation has had to see different different types of monies and you yeah. know we maybe we are just seeing the next version but for people who are not used to it or who don't mm-hmm. know it you know who don't want to yeah. change in right. some sense it just looks so different having said that i think the pace of change is also increasing so mm-hmm. like like you said it's harder to keep pace with what's going on even for somebody like you who's far more deeper in world so imagine the uh, ordinary yeah. person right right so uh, so yeah so so yeah before we get to how you know what exactly does uh, blockchain based currency bitcoin etc mean yeah uh, just maybe a bit of understanding of how wide is this phenomena today mm-hmm. uh, right so what what is your sense of you know how many people people like you your mm-hmm. age group or you know whether whether in cities or right or tier 2 tier 3 cities mm-hmm. how many of those you think have one understand any of these things or heard mm-hmm. heard of any of these things yeah and two actually used it either in some, right you know one of the local exchanges or right right no that that's a good question so just before i answer that like you said you're very right about uh, how each generation witnesses uh, a different form of money and a different medium of uh, transacting that money because as we know over time technology simplifies our uh, our world in every possible way so like for example just to, like today there are 11 year olds 12 year olds who have never like you said had the need to even think of a bank account 
they have opened a wallet and they have made their own nfts sold up to 400000 dollars worth of them and they're just 13 like at 13 i don't even remember what i was doing i was just playing football and like having a good time and uh, then I, i was playing marbles i remember <laughs> <laughs> so you know that that's just the current state of the world we're living in right now and uh, yeah so coming to your question is this to, india by the way No, this no. This is, is this is in the UK. This is in the UK. Is okay. But uh, I mean, year old. I, yeah, thirteen year old, and even I've heard twelve year olds, and I wouldn't be surprised if there are some of those uh, children in India as well. I would not be surprised. Right. So, right. Uh, coming to your question as to uh, the state of adoption and how popular this phenomena is, so Sanjay, I'd like to give you a, a quite a compelling statistic, which is the fact that India is leading the world in terms of the number, just the number, not percentage, but the number of crypto users. Uh, there are there are around ten crore people that are invested in cryptos. So that's yeah, I think uh, that was a number that came sometime back yeah. last week or two weeks back, right? Kriya, right. some Kriya Dor or some some survey that was done correct, by some correct. agency. Yes, eight crore or eight percent number, or yeah, yes. which is ten so, crores, correct? So there's a, around seven point five eight percent, like you rightly said. Is that and, is that a do you do you believe that number? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised uh, because of the fact that you know it's really easy to get uh, onto the infrastructure. It you just require an internet connection, you require a mobile phone, and that's it. And within ten minutes, you can. Have access and have bought your cryptocurrency, whether it's Bitcoin or whatever, and obviously provided you have some government uh, ID if you're going through a centralized exchange. But uh, that's more people in the crypto market than in the stock market in India, and the stock market has been around for decades. And yeah, uh, just yesterday, my mother actually told me. Now I've I've not verified this, but it's definitely interesting if it's true that there are more people that. Uh, Oh, hold crypto than pay income tax in India, which is again a very. I think two to three percent people pay income tax. Yeah. Uh, and so if eight percent is true, then it's yeah. three times. So uh, I think two to three, or maybe up to max four five percent right. own own equities or mutual funds or other asset classes. Right. So again, that is much more. Yeah. So it is. Only it is. only comparable is maybe gold owners, which I think India almost everybody has some. Little to large, whatever gold. So yeah. it's so if that number is true, it's a very very large number, right? Yeah, it is. It's a large number, and uh, it's only increasing. And another thing, like you said, right? Uh, how many people are actually getting exposed or coming into this bracket? So I read recently. Uh, this was released, I think, by uh, Vazirx. Tier two and tier three cities, women particularly, are heavily. Coming into the uh, bracket wow. of the crypto world, so that that is again uh, uh, a very positive sign that you see a large number of women also uh, at least adopting it or having some you know uh, skin in the game. So again, I think this is just uh, honestly the beginning because as as the space continues to evolve, like you know, people will just like not be able to ignore. the potential it holds and just the the developments that are taking place and uh, it's going to touch us it's already touched us it's just a matter of understanding and more like you know like institutionalization at a common level right like like with any new technology like even in the 1900s before the cars came in it was horses that were 
uh, in play and then there was a huge revolt against uh, bringing in cars and uh, yeah. changing the mode of transport so you can draw a similar analogy in uh, with uh, cryptocurrencies and uh, blockchain technology although there's a, a substantial difference between the two but yeah i definitely think that like it's just natural in the course of human evolution to gravitate towards better forms of technology and uh, this just happens to be the case in my opinion right right like this sochcast tune in for more with the sochcast app from the google play store let's 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 maybe talk about uh, why is it a better form of technology i mean mm-hmm. obviously obviously there are various aspects to that yeah ease of use seems to be one that uh, clearly trumps uh, over the conventional forms of money and the systems etc mm-hmm. i mean for example i was just talking to somebody who was who was expecting a remittance uh, out of mm-hmm. europe for some fundraise that was done and it took mm-hmm. one week for that wire to come and show up and you know in the instant world that we live in one yeah. week is really funny right yeah so uh, so there is some amount of clunkiness uh, especially to cross border payments and so mm-hmm. on i think in india we have very fast real time payments otherwise so it's mm-hmm. not really that difficult mm-hmm. but still i think ease of use for for crypto and ability to convert it with other asset classes and the newer asset classes emerging maybe maybe better mm-hmm. but uh, in terms of fundamentally a better form of money you know ultimately money has to have certain key sort of uh, aspects right so one mm-hmm. is the store of value or there is a medium of exchange and mm-hmm. third is the unit unit of account mm-hmm. at this point of time most of these new currencies seem to be more driven by in some sense speculation and and in, and there is some feel about this is the new world mm-hmm. kind of this this is the future technology like like you like you were pointing out between a horse carriage versus a car or let's say an ice engine versus a ev in today's world mm-hmm. and so on so there is a little bit of that technological allure but apart from that what are the downsides of of uh, of this uh, so you know one is obviously speculation leads to problems which i think mm-hmm. you know if you see the history of finance there are always uh, bubbles and there are ups and downs and mm-hmm. nothing nothing goes one way uh, and that's been the case even for the digital assets uh, uh, cryptocurrencies as well so one is about whether people understand what they're doing mm-hmm. uh, so investor education aspect the other aspect is about how is the area of uh, you know cross border payments which uh, in economies which are not fully open right and in mm-hmm. india particularly is a capital account closed economy so we we can't just you know transfer capital in and out uh, there are certain rules and so on and so forth yeah so that's so there is a issue of possible capital mm-hmm. flight if one could call that mm-hmm. which is outside the formal rules and mm-hmm. and of course then there is a whole area about which is more philosophical in some sense as to intermediary based money versus uh, non intermediary money mm-hmm. the intermediary happens to be somebody that the government appoints and gets its power from the government and mm-hmm. that's why it's called fiat right and fiat yeah. currency and a non intermediary based effectively challenges the concept of fiat as well yeah. right and does it also challenge the concept of then the society or the structure mm-hmm. of the society that we live in and the government mm-hmm. and nations and so on and so forth right so what do you think about some of these things which i i'm sh- pretty sure 99% of the people who you know use uh, crypto don't mm-hmm. really 
think about too much right 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 so uh, you know that's a lot of uh, things you've said together at once so like let's take it step by step Let, let's talk from like first principles here so let's mm-hmm. le- like intermediary versus non intermediary right like in an intermediary like the problem or or at least the stated problem which mm-hmm. blockchain technology and cryptocurrencies will come to but blockchain technology essentially takes away the need to rely on any one central person and this is pan industry applications there are many different applications for blockchain technology but let's just stick with or uh, like for example a central bank right now for example purposes so you don't have to rely on a central body or a central bank to store your money to know that the data is authentic and has integrity right because if you have a central party then like you know you can you can not really know with certainty that if the government is saying that it has printed so much money has it actually printed such money there is no checks and balances in with a central figure now if you decentralize that and you don't have any uh, figure at the center responsible for uh, uh, only one person validating or not validating that ledger then it becomes a very trustless but trustworthy technology and if that is reflected across let's all the nodes on the network which is just all the computers it just means that even if you try to take down one person as long as even one computer has that uh, ledger running on it it cannot be changed and that's basically the concept of the blockchain and that change that has many applications now what is the problem with like let's say uh, let's see central banks what is the problem with them the problem with fiat currency if i would say and obviously i'm no financial expert you have way more knowledge than me in this and so, and so do people in the industry but the problem that arises is it's an unchecked uh, in my opinion it's an unchecked uh, printing of money which leads to a inflation in the price of goods and commodities of course there's monetary policy there is all of these structured uh parameters and instruments and tools through which like this is carried out and conducted but nonetheless like you leave people sort of at the at the lower end so this is only with uh, regards to bitcoin there's a whole separate discussion on firstly what is a cryptocurrency versus a security versus a token which i'll come to but uh, essentially what bitcoin does in its uh, application is that bitcoin is firstly decentralized it has a fixed supply so you know exactly there's going to be 21 million bitcoin that will ever be printed and i mean sorry uh, mined not printed and, similar yeah yeah absolutely and bitcoin is again it is unhackable and impenetrable still date nobody has been able to hack the bitcoin network and that is just one use case bitcoin is also the first payment system and currency that has existed together till date what you've had is you've had a separate bank account and a separate like you know rupee but bitcoin is that in one that's just one use case of bitcoin bitcoin is actually a very very deep uh, topic in which even i'm researching more and more to build my clarity on but essentially the reason that bitcoin has uh, appreciated in price so much and is gaining so much Uh, network effects over time and use case and adoption is simply because firstly it is like you said technologically superior in the sense that it is a safe store of value impenetrable that's decentralized and it has shown to be an 
form of inviolable property that means nobody can take your bitcoin away from you now tomorrow and it comes to your bank account it can be seized from you it comes to your property it the government can interfere with it in some way i'm not saying that practically speaking you can't interfere with someone's bitcoin now if you tax it at 70% then you are indirectly interfering with someone's bitcoin but just at a philosophical level bitcoin is a form of inviolable property and that in a digital age makes it one of the most valuable uh, properties to exist and i'm just speaking about bitcoin itself so that's a bit about uh, like if a little bit about my understanding of bitcoin and the fiat topic but now like you know coming to the aspect of cryptocurrencies right so you're absolutely right like when we see the history of financial markets and cycles whether it's real estate whether it's uh, stocks whether it's cryptocurrencies there's always bull and bear markets and there is always periods of extreme heightened speculation and then complete uh, devastation and uh, distraught in the markets and uh, crypto is in general a very new market because there are there are over 10000 tokens and i'm using the word tokens and not currencies because currencies has a very legal implication in that it is legal tender and it's accepted uh, for the payments of goods and services if com- uh, coming to the type of jurisdiction that we're talking about so it's not a currency because it's not under the foreign exchange management act and it won't be until expressly notified by the rbi which the rbi is not going to do uh, it would be antithetical and uh, yeah so coming to the fact that there are over 10000 each of them most of them are extremely new bitcoin and ethereum have been there for the longer amount of time and there are some that have been there for a longer amount of time but not all of them can be called as currencies i would say the more appropriate term would be tokens so tokens is basically by definition a token is when you digitally represent a right or a or value of any on everything so now there are several types of tokens and there people are coming up with different classifications of tokens in this space so that there's a standardization like you said there's a grave need for investor education and promulgation so that like you know pe- common people understand how to navigate and how to tell like you know the crap from the real or uh, like you know the good projects and what's legitimate or not and how do you decipher that and one project that's doing that is called the International Token Standardization Association they're based in Germany they've oh uh, interesting they have partnered with over uh, 200 uh, organizations like institutional organizations in the blockchain space and collectively they are coming up they have developed a sizable uh, something called as ITC international token classification so they are classifying tokens as per the different uh, parameters they have come up with on uh, in their own body of researchers comprising of academicians economists lawyers so on and so forth so that is what i would say tokens are and uh, tokens are not to be confused with cryptocurrencies because for example if i give you the uh, let's take let's talk about ethereum now ethereum can also like depending on the user now if i have the intention of investing in ethereum as a very pure uh, like you know not much but just ki maine suna hai ki ethereum bahut ja raha hai upar price mein and it's i want to invest in it so by that definition it would be a security because uh, and not under indian law this is as per the uh, test in the united states which is the how we test how we uh, test yeah yeah so that would be but again how would a regulator be able to 
tell intent at an individual level these are all questions that we're all dealing with and there's no clarity as such but at the same time right now the developer community people that are actually building smart contracts and decentralized applications on ethereum you need eth to pay gas fees to actually do any transaction on ethereum and mint nfts or do whatever else that you can on the network so now in that case it's a utility token so can you then uh, sort of like you know how do you deal with that uh, situation arising so and then you can't call it a, a a security or a a currency in that because then it's just like a fuel like gas gas is a, like ethereum is gas so it's literally. gas to ethereum literally yes. that so yeah i think i think uh, that that's uh, in summary what i would uh, say and uh, again like it's exciting because each day when you think you get a grasp on something you realize like there are something 10 different comes. things and uh, yeah so that that's that's my short answer Sure, sure. No, I think that was wonderful. Uh, mm. I think a lot of this needs to be widely known and understood, yes, so that uh, and the project that you mentioned, uh, ITSA, is it? Uh, yeah, ITSA. Yeah. Yeah, that we, probably we should have uh, a branch of that uh, in India talking about uh, some of those things. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think we do have the brains uh, uh, to be able to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. so uh, and people like you can actually make it happen now <laughs> like this sochcast tune in for more with the sochcast app from the google play store but just moving moving on to maybe one last uh, set of uh, questions on yeah. you know given your training as a lawyer and you know legal regulatory aspects sure while you did cover some of this uh, in the earlier answers Mm-hmm. what do you think is obviously we in india don't have a law yet there is one i have read and believe is in the works uh, mm-hmm. there is there is obviously some different treatment that different countries have like us has a very calibrated approach uh, they've mm-hmm. tried to probably bring the newer ecosystem uh, the hobby test uh, uh, the stable coins the uh, you know even things like nfts uh, so us is trying to play the middle role i guess uh, by regulating some of these things including one of the largest uh, uh, regulated exchange coinbase uh, being listed and the and the etfs on crypto and so on and so forth that kind of shows that they they kind of you know in a way not averse to on the other side we had uh, china uh, banning multiple times and then allowing and then there was a large mining operation there which is now moving and so on and so forth so mm-hmm. different system but at the same time also coming up with their own cbdc on the other side right and and in some sense ahead of the world on on that aspect mm-hmm. and then there are there are places like uh, you know switzerland which are maybe havens in some sense for for crypto japan has its own way of looking at it uh, korea has its own way and each has different considerations so given all you know there is no standard one standard right i mean we, maybe we'll have a token standardization which will be good to a certain different types of uh, potential tokens uh, mm-hmm. but what is the right way in your view as a lawyer uh, as somebody who will eventually go and maybe understand set regulations the position that india should take uh, on given our own unique circumstances right right that that's a that's a very good question and uh, definitely i'm i wouldn't be able to so much comment on exactly the technical uh, framework within 
which india should do that but definitely what's required right now is to ensure that you don't have a over sight in regulation not oversight sorry overreach in regulation to allow this technology to uh, progress because now if you are to for example bring it under the ambit of the securities exchange board of india now firstly the rbi and sebi themselves are not really willing to do that and this is this has been published in several articles secondly if you do that then it becomes extremely onerous on such companies and startups because most people are startups in this space to then go ahead and get licenses and comply with the n number of disclosures that you have to like you know submit to the sebi and that would disincentivize innovation uh, in my opinion if that is the case just today actually i read that uh, the gift city the financial authority in gift city is uh, the government is looking to hand over the responsibility of regulating crypto exchanges to the gift the financial authority in the gift city in gujarat now that would potentially at least because it's a sandbox environment and because the legal uh, the legal regulation is sort of you know like i like i said in a sandbox that's a good way to at least test it out and to see you know what the response is and get a feel of like you know the how the market evolves from there on uh, what we see on the other hand which is a very pro and uh, a good step taken by the crypto community in india itself by the various exchanges coin dcx coin switch and wazirx so on and so forth they have uh, opted for self regulation so that often happens when there's a lack of uh, regulatory certainty you opt for a certain standard body and a code of regulations that you will ad- adhere to by uh, an agreement between yourself so a major part of that because a concern has been and continues to be is the anti money laundering and the terrorist financing aspect of that earlier the in the year wazirx was uh, uh, given a show cause notice by the enforcement directorate for such a transaction which was routed through china and what not so definitely i think that is one major concern which the government will have to uh, uh look to address uh, a very good place to start on that front is the financial action task force uh which is the global body that is uh, that always gives a guidance and uh, ensures that there's a standardization of a, a minimum standard set across such money laundering concerns so they have just actually come out in the last week itself with a new guidance which talks about which uh, actually even uh, provides uh, a sense of and a direction on how to regulate and perform anti money laundering policies for defi and nfts so if india can look into that and maybe extract at least um, inspiration and then ad- adopt it i think that would be a good place to start what i definitely see happening in india is it's going to take a little while because our regulators and policy makers i mean to be very fair nobody has been taught this right it's just come out it's emerged and now <laughs> you have to just uh, like you know just hop on and learn and do things on the spot so it's it's a challenging task for them as well but so it's going to definitely go slow but incremental progress is better than no progress so let's see uh, how it progresses the rumors are that they are looking to classify it as a commodity now we can keep speculating but until the actual uh, letter of law is out we can't say the implication that will have from various aspects from tax implications to uh, actual regulatory uh, frameworks and so on and so forth so i think uh, i think there's a lot of potential because india has seen some ve- two unicorns now 
despite the regulatory certainty come up in this year and there are several very promising blockchain projects that are you know in the works and even the government itself actually is involved in the implementation and i'm not talking about cryptos here this is just talking about the blockchain technology it's working with in basically almost i think all states are involved in some of the other application of blockchain technology uh, especially in agriculture and uh, this will i think soon be uh, uh, announced in the news so yeah i think uh, that's what i would say from a legal perspective and uh, of course uh, like i say this is these statements are not legal advice this is just purely for sure. informational purposes and yeah sure sure no i think uh, that last statement was the most important statement uh, mm-hmm. in some sense <laughs> uh, none of this is legal financial tax or any other mm-hmm. advice uh, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah pretty uh, pretty i would say exhaustive in terms of the the breadth of discussion that that we just had i think mm-hmm. uh, you know a lot lot for uh, not just regulators uh, and policy makers uh, and people who make the laws uh, but also the you know people who are investing people who are looking to uh, adopt people who are just looking at this as uh, as a technology not in the sense of its uh, investment aspects but in the sense of its collaboration mm-hmm. aspects uh, bringing down the you know intermediation doing things more real time across companies uh, rather than the current silos in some sense uh, that that we are slowly getting out of uh, so all of these uh, require you know better knowledge of uh, these things uh, many of those uh, are tokens I, i kind of wonder whether this new world should be called a token world really uh, because everything is is in some sense a token uh, of whatever type and uh, some of them could be relevant to finance some of them could not be and so on so yeah i think that's uh, that's a pretty pretty good uh, perspective on this uh, uh, somebody who hears this uh, is not going to think that you you're you're not distinguished just to go back to the first statement i think you <laughs> definitely do come across as somebody who understands this very well so i i do hope uh, we will have another chance to for many chances hopefully to do a version 2 version 3 or version 0.2.3 of this uh, mm-hmm. and one of the areas that maybe I, in the later word part whenever we do that i would like to look at is how does it really help like you mentioned the man on the ground or somebody who is excluded mm-hmm. right and uh, you know and and really somebody that the prison system the current system mm-hmm. uh, does not do justice to so maybe we could talk about that uh, at another time as to how these new technological innovations can can really make life better and mm-hmm. we do hopefully hope that is what will happen yes so absolutely on that bright note uh, let me bring this to close uh, it's been an amazing half an hour plus uh, of discussion uh, with you aham and uh, uh, look forward to talking more and best of luck to you in your endeavors right thank you thank you so much sanjay uh, that's uh, really kind of you and i've had a great time interacting with you i think you know the best thing to do is to just like you know have a discourse and conversation because that's a great way to uh, help people understand get people involved and at least spark a thought and that's all that matters you know from there on people will take it forward in whatever way they need to and uh, again like this space is actually open to everybody so i hope that whoever is listening is at least a little more intrigued 
and uh, looks up uh, this entire space and it was a pleasure talking to you and i definitely do look forward to uh, many more conversations uh, in the future thank you so much great thanks thanks so much thank you rahan thank you sanjeev